Hi, Arika here with a pre-disclaimer disclaimer. This week's episode was recorded over the interwebs using my very ancient laptop. Please forgive my audio. Please be advised that this podcast may contain strong language and themes of an adult's nature. I am, girl, stuck, ashore, washed up, passed over, unseasoned, flavorless, all liquid, no punch, misused. I am color, blind, sea legs sink, a wimp. I am heavy ears, boxed. I am ambition, all mouth, all hunger, all nerves. I am hopeful. I am fear. I am youth. I am age. I am poverty. I am Peter. I am Paul. I am unclaimed emotions in unsafe territory, backtracking retrospect, full of introspect, open wounds made raw, fairy tales turned nightmare, fragments of forlorn moments found solitude in anxiety, disillusioned naive beliefs. I am one. Girl. My mother told me that she would buy me a rubber dolly if I was good, good. And now for the Unsullied with Orica Goddess. It's always hard to introduce somebody that you know because you just feel like whatever you yarn is going to be nonsense. <laughs> my guest today, he has changed our parade with Jaloth music. He gave me my very first shot at touring Nigeria and getting to see different parts, different cities, different universities, meeting different students in Nigeria, um, which is something at the time very little artists even bothered doing. Um, let alone do by themselves without having to go out and, you know, be forced to do it. But he actually cared about his fans and his music, and he did everything he could with his team at the time to make it happen. I mean, I'll argue that my guest today has opened doors for a number of artists to start having conversations with key brands in Nigeria in a way that they probably weren't even able to access before. Um, he is a really good friend. I call him and disturb him at least once a year, just like... <laughs> Oh my lord, not going well. I don't know what to do. And he he always picks up my call and he never makes me feel like I'm being stupid. His name used to be Lynx Otono. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he refuses to let us know what Otono means. Yeah. And but he's here today and hopefully today we'll we'll sit on him and make sure he doesn't get up until he tells us. I'll be recorded you now. How are you doing? I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you, thank you. This is this is this has been it's supposed to have happened for so long. You know what I mean? So I'm happy we're finally getting it done. Man. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Very yeah. So I like to start with origin stories. And okay. usually that means tell us everything from where you were born, where you were raised, how your right. parents met, who your grandparents, like go as far back into your ancestry as you want to. <laughs> All right. So um, my name is Chuki Adosian. I'm from France. Now nah, I'm playing. Mm. You know, my son never mm. kind of French. Mm. All right. Cool. My name is Chuki Adozi. I'm from Delta State, Asaba. Uh, my mom is Ghanaian, Nigerian. My dad is Nigerian. Um, and I grew up, I grew up in Lagos State, even though like I went back to my village, Asaba, once a year, at least. Uh, for like 17, 18 years straight. 
I never spent Christmas in Lagos up until like, sure, I was almost out of my teens. So um, I, I, you know, got a taste of, you know, my hometown and, you know, uh, the city of Lagos growing up. And then um, moving forward, I, I went to KC. I also schooled at University of Reading for a year. And then I moved to University of Hall where I got a degree in business economics and marketing. And then uh, over time, I moved back to Nigeria and that's where my career as a musician started. So um, that's when Lynx was born and um, officially to the world. And like you said in your intro, which was amazing, uh, that gave me the opportunity to not only you know, make a name for myself, but also share my platform with other artists who are on the come up just like myself to, you know, uh, get seen and get heard as well. So that's pretty much how the journey started. However, um, it's evolved time after time, you know, uh, into where I am today. So mm-hmm. that's my origin. Now. <laughs> I can be very cheesy start asking you questions like, okay, so who won the Jollof Wars in your house? But um, let's, let's leave that on Twitter to decide. <laughs> we have more pertinent things to ask, such as if you were to describe your, because you said you went to KC, and I know a bunch of KC boys. And yeah. KC boys are legendary. Right. Um, teenage, teenage KC boys are very troublesome. Uh-huh. So I'm not going to ask you the kind of trouble you got to when you were in school, but I will <laughs> ask you to describe your teenage years in, in food terms. So for me, for example, if I were to to pick, because I went to boarding school uh, in Abelkota, Abelkota Grammar School, shout out, okay. um, state school students out there listening. <laughs> and if I were to describe that time in my life in food terms, I would describe my teenage years as a can of Bon Vita that you opened, you removed the foil, you scooped out the remit, the first, you know, three, four, you know, and then you forgot to shut it properly. So it's gone a bit stale. And then you find <laughs> And it's so hard. Right. Your spoon can't cut it. You can't, you're thinking, should I pour hot water inside my manage the whole can like that? Right. You know? <laughs> that, that was me as a teenager. I was right. just like awkward. Like, what am I supposed to do with this shit? <laughs> right. So yeah. Um, in food terms, what was your, what were you like as a teenager? Um, my one would have been, I'd say, you know, when you buy donuts from Mr. Biggs, right? And you see like jam on the outside peeking out. So you're like, it's about to be filled with jam all over the middle. Exactly. And then, and then you take a bite and you realize like that jam just peeking out the outside. There's nothing on the inside. It's dry. That's what Casey was like. And the reason why I say that is because, like, it looks so alluring on the outside, but on the inside, it was military camp. It was, uh, it was a break or make you type of school. It was a school where it was a level playing field with everybody on every trajectory in life. Like, you would have, you know, your cooks, kids, in the same class with the president's kid. That's how Casey was. So it was a, a mix of all types of humans from every background and works of life. You know what I'm saying? So when I <laughs> experienced what kind of place Casey was, 
I then had to figure out how to make it mine so that amidst all the craziness, I still get a fulfilling experience from being here for six years. You know, so <clears throat> like that donut, when you bite that jam and you realize there's no more jam inside <laughs> and you have like 99% of the donut left to eat, then you realize like, okay, you know what? It's either I throw this thing away or I enjoy this thing with maybe malt or cook or <laughs> you know, Sam. So you find you find your joy amidst the fact that the jam donut is a scam. It's just bones you're eating. So KC was just like that. You know what I'm saying? Like I turned to music in KC. I started rapping in KC, you know, like I used it as an experience to socialize and find my tribe. You know what I mean? And take everything else on the chin. Um, but then it also ex- explains that you are actually confirmed Kutunu, a, a complete body because some other people won't be looking for more to use to wash it down. You whack it like that. Man, forget how to, you know, see, you know. Were you, were you boarding school or were you a day student? As a day student, man. Because, see, in case you don't have to be in boarding school. It's, it's already boarding school from the moment you walk into those gates. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's the kind of school where you get to your class in the morning and you find shit in your locker. That kind of, that kind of lifestyle. You know what I mean? And then you still have to sit on that desk and do the first and second period of class with that shit inside the locker. So it's like, you just never know what's on the inside. You know? So there's, I don't think there's anyone that did six years of KC and came out of it, it's not possible. Because if you did, and you're a fool because you didn't make your years count. <laughs> because for sure there was hardship. There was hardship in that, in that six years. So what were you doing? You know? So besides, um, obviously you discovering your music and learning, we're going to get to, you know, your later years in university and stuff, but like, it just sounds like you, fi- you like you said, you found yourself in KC a little bit, but besides music, what else was there that you, that you learned that you've taken with you through life and you still go back to till today? I think first things first was the, the, the friendships. Um, there's mm-hmm. something amongst King's men, men from KC who, it's, it's, it's almost like a, it's a brotherhood, not almost like it's a brotherhood. You know what I'm saying? Like I can, I can get in an argument with a stranger in Alaska right now, but the moment we identify as KC guys, that, that issue is done. You know what I mean? And we have keywords that we use to identify each other. So it's, it was like for formation as a man and in society, in your country, it was, it was key because you know, as you progress in life, you start to find out that, you know, other people who are your juniors or your seniors or your mates are in different positions now in life that are key. And those relationships come in handy, you know, when you maybe need to open a door or network in a certain space that you don't necessarily have allies in. So um, I feel like, you know, the the community of the, the brotherhood of Kings, Men and Casey is, is fantastic. I also think like it's <clears throat> the friends I had back then are, this, are still the same friends I have today, like my core, you know? So um, I think in terms of formation and, you know, friendships and stuff like that, that last, uh, a lot of people would testify from secondary school being the formative year of, of you know, long lasting friendship. Um, I think also in terms of like hobbies, I I got my hobbies from there. So like, I always had a passion for music, so learned, you know, found other people that had the same passion and were rapping, 
used to do that at break time and stuff like that. Also, like I used to do like backflips. <laughs> I used to do backflips like every day in school. You know what I mean? So even like gymna- I started gymnastics in, in primary school, but in secondary school, that's when you meet people who are really doing crazy things. And then you now start to level up <laughs> your flipping. So you go home. And you go to your grass. Do you not think never lock your flipping? What were you trying to do? Like do Olympics and stuff? Or this was just no, I must show them. The next party we go to, my, my back this my back flip must be the best. You know what's funny? Yeah? Amongst guys, like if there's a 50-year-old guy listening to this right now and was light years ahead of me in school, this would still be the norm for him back then. It's like there were certain things in school that were just things for guys. Flipping was one of them. So I might be able to do a backflip with my hands, but I might not be able to do one with no hands, right? And then I come to school and my guys can't do it without hands. That's a challenge for me. So I'm going to go home and try and try and try till I nail it so I can come back to school and fit in or level up. You know what I mean? That sounds so crazy to me. I went to an all-girls boarding school and, Mm. you know, whilst we're there, we're studying and we're waiting for semester to be over so we can go home. Some of us will be receiving letters from boyfriends and we're always wondering what the guys are up to. Are they thinking of us? You're basically telling me that if I was dating a Casey boy, then instead of thinking of me, you were thinking of how to, <laughs> how to make sure your backflip is the best. Of course. <laughs> Meanwhile, me, I'm there thinking, I hope he sends me flowers on Valentine's Day. <laughs> uh, I don't chocolates for her, Roger. I rose. That's a good idea now. <laughs> chocolates are rose, no time. All perfect. You know? Perfume. <laughs> and then yeah. this, you say you're really close with all the guys you went to K, um, KC with. Yeah. Uh, did you all go to the same university? So you were in Reading, your University of Hall as well. Were they all in the same university or you just found a way to keep in touch? Um, they actually, so I was out of my click, click, click. It was only me that was in the UK. All my other guys okay. were spread out in the States. So over time, like, you know, I think over MSN Messenger, <laughs> we were able to keep in touch then you know it then came Skype you know what I'm saying and then smartphones started peaking black chats all those exactly. other so, you know being online and just finding your friends on you know Facebook all that you know what I mean it was high five was, exactly <laughs> oh my god high five <laughs> testimonial <laughs> so like all those things were, were the things that we used to stay in touch you know, um, back in the day, crazy times. Thank you for listening to the Unsullied podcast, where every week we have conversations like this. I've had those periods where I haven't worked. There was a year I didn't work for 10 months. And the year after that, I worked for 10 months. So you never know how it's going to go. Because I don't do sex or sexually explicit stuff in my work. I'm not comfortable with it. So um, I had said to them, so she said to me, oh, so if they don't take it out or if they don't make any adjustments, are you willing to forfeit the role? And I said, yes. We've been able to come to a compromise uh, in the sense where we got a body double to act out the scenes because it was pivotal for the story. And that was a happy compromise. So it was a terrifying but rewarding situation where I stood to my grounds. Um, to my beliefs and the paid off. I read this somewhere and I don't remember where, but it said something something along the lines of everything that happens to you or everyone that you come into contact with or every situation that you find yourself is either a blessing or a lesson. Mm. And so I don't really regret a lot of things because 
if it's really, really bad and really screwed up, then I'm going to learn something from it. And or I'm going to be a stronger, wiser, better, more knowledgeable, more prepared person at the end of it. To find and share previous episodes, please go to linktr.ee forward slash O-R-E-K-A-G-O-D-I-S. That's link tree forward slash Goddess. All right, so we're we're here. We're listening to the man who will not tell us what Usunu is, but we still have time. He'll explain. Um, yeah. How would you like to be addressed these days, if you don't mind me asking? Man like Link, man like people call me man like people call me Link. People still call me people call me man like Links. So whichever one you know what I'm saying rolls off easy and is true to whoever is calling me, then it is what it is. But what is your preference? Because, you know, they say that there's, there's a lot to be said about a name and there's a lot of power to a name. And so right. if you could infuse power into anything and uh, w- in terms of all the names and, you know, nicknames you have, which one would you want people to, to lean towards the most? Um, I like, I actually like links and I like man like links. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so the reason, so man like is a slang that is used on road in the UK, right? Just to address guys. However, for me, um, it's, it's a little deeper because it just, I feel like it embodies a complete man. You know what I mean? And when I say complete man, it starts with his mindset. So you're not thinking like a boy, you're not thinking like the guys, you're thinking like a man. You know what I mean? And, and that perspective for me comes from finding yourself and then finding your purpose in life. Then you come into the man that you are supposed to be. And is man like man like links and man and, and links itself, are they in your own, in your mind's eye, are they two different people? Do they stand for two different things? Um, I think it's it it's wholesome. It's one it's one person. Because okay. <clears throat> the evolution from links to, to man like links is man like links is more like a umbrella brand for my different skill sets or talents. So, um, for example, like even if I'm like the last few songs that I released over the years, if you check the, either the artwork or whatever, it said man like next, right. And that's Mm -hmm. because like I, as a human being have evolved, which affects my music personality that people know. And, you know, this is the same evolution happening to the man that I am who is tricky and then links the artists that people know. So I kind of want everything to be wholesome because I believe I am myself at every time, whether I'm on stage or I'm inside my bedroom, I still remain in the same mindset. So uh, it's wholesome. Wholesome. So I like that you said that regardless whether it's man like links or links, um, you feel like you still remain yourself at the end of the day because yeah. I really want to understand who you define yourself to be. Right. And if there is a moment in time that you became conscious of who mm. this man that you are exactly is. Um, yeah, 2015, 7, 8, 15. So that's the day I had a spiritual evolution. Uh, my whole life changed. I had an encounter of the Holy Spirit in my home. And my entire perspective on life and my way of life changed. And when I look back, I have no regrets. I actually, I'm very blessed to have had that experience and be woken up (laughs) at the time that I did because 
when I look at the trajectory of life in general uh, from that period to now, I, I'm really grateful that I'm not a part of so much that is, has gone on and is going on. You know, um, being able to, you know, take steps back and be at peace with yourself and be extremely content and happy with the quality of life you're living, doing what you love, not what people think you should be doing, is the ultimate freedom any man can, can attain, you know? So for me, um, I just believe, like, once I was, I was able to find my truth by accepting my lie, <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? Like, the life I had before was When you say your lie, are these lies that you told yourself or lies that people said to you? For example, if people came up to you and said, you know what, you are the baddest stuntman on the planet. You've never done stunts before, but you allowed yourself to believe that lie. Okay, let me, or, let me, let me tell you what the lie, what, what the lie means. So, <clears throat> I believe in life we're born into systems and our experiences while going through the systems that have been laid out for us shape who we believe we are. So, like, okay, I like certain things. So that starts to shape the kind of, you know, boy I grow into, which then I, I, get to, I get to my teenage years, I start to pick up other habits. It shapes me again. I get out of my teenage years, I get to university, it shapes me again. So I'm being shaped by experiences, but I'm not being shaped by my truth because I don't even know myself at this point. Prior to 2015, I would say I understood who I had become. However, I did not know who I was supposed to be. So when you, when you, when you find peace in, in God and Christ, right? You start, to see, you start to look more into the scripture and then the scripture starts to reveal yourself to you. And then the things that are not of you start to fall off. And then you start to emerge more into a new being who is actually who you were created to be. That's when noise and opinions and fear and guilt and all these things that should not be that help that mold people in, in, into who they're not supposed to be fall off. So from the moment I'm talking about in 2015, I stopped questioning anything because I had clarity, not from reading a book or someone telling me, but from my relationship with God, like God opens your eyes. Not only you can see certain things. So from that moment, like I just feel like I, I evolved into such a wholesome being to a certain extent because I'm not trying to say I'm perfect or I'm whole yet, but I'm saying like I'm whole enough to not be worried about anything in life anymore <laughs> because I'm, I feel like my life is in the right hands, is in the hands of the person that created me. So I can't worry about anything because I'm no more in control. You know, so that's what I mean by holistic. Uh, okay, so I mean that actually partly answers one of the questions I have, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ask it anyway, and it's to do <laughs> with sliding doors, or you know, when you when you're in a room with full of mirrors and you're not quite sure if you go left, if that's mm -hmm. going to lead you out of the room, you know, or if you're just going to keep going around in this maze, this puzzle of just you know mirrors all around you, and yeah. the theory of sliding doors that if you if you open this door is going to lead you to a very specific path. Right. And 
that then defines who you're going to be. Because if you had opened the other door, mm-hmm. you know, events and things around you would have molded you to become a different kind of person. And so right. I actually wanted to ask you, are there any things that you think that um, had you gone down that door or had you done, you wouldn't be the kind of person you are today? Um, and um, now that you've actually ex- already explained the 2015 experience, then maybe just think uh, in hindsight, if there are any other decisions that you had made before 2015 that led you to being the person that you were then um, and, you know, how, how you sort of walked yourself back? Um, to be honest, I don't, I actually don't think there are any doors that I opened that because here's the thing. I believe, I believe in, even when we're blindfolded and walk, walking in darkness, right? It's still part of the plan. So like there's a saying that says like, no matter how we try, we can't screw up God's plan for our life, right? However, I feel like there's some people that do screw it up when they keep trying to be put on the right path and they just don't want to go. So Yeah, we call that Orica. Too stubborn <laughs> to help her own self or getting her out of her own way. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but like, what I'm trying to say is like, everything I look back, even the things that gave me the greatest pain in life at, at different stages in my life, right? If I take them out of my story, my today is not complete. You know what I mean? I've been sued mm. for something I never did. It caused me great. It caused a lot to my reputation as, as, as Lynch. Uh, it caused a lot to my family name. However, like, outside the feelings of being a victim of <laughs> a total lie, I count it as a blessing as well. You know why? Mm. Because... That screwed some nuts in my head so tight that till I leave this earth, there are mistakes I'll never make. There's situations I'll never put my hand in. There's, there's, there's so many things now that I'll turn a blind eye to that before I'll try and help somebody else resolve. You know what I mean? So Is that because you're very jaded now or your critical thinking no, in, in that regard I'm has just been turned on? I'm super critical in my thinking now because most times we act on impulse or an ex, uh, a, a facade of being loyal to something without actually calculating. Oh, what I don't like it very much. It's like you've seen my question notes because my <laughs> next question was going to be, do you trust your instincts? Sorry, I interrupted. Carry on. <laughs> Please keep that question. I like that question. But the point is like, to be honest with you, I, I believe like I'm not hurt. I'm not jaded. I'm, I, I can see things for what they are. I know when something's not worth it and when something is worth it, you know? So all these experiences, both the joy, the confusion and the pain, they all add up. They all like Marmite is very, 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 very horrible in the mouth. However, it's on the shelf and it's being sold. So there is a use for it somewhere in this world, neither my kitchen though. So (laughs) the point is like, (laughs) even the bad, that we've experienced. I, I'll speak for myself, but the bad that I have... I mean, some people don't know what Marmite is. So in Nigerian terms, let's just call it Agbo. Uh-huh. You grab It's as bitter as Agbo. <laughs> I mean, it tastes like that, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, all these experiences, I, I, I welcome them into the journey because they, they have... Like, I'm somebody that learns from every mistake, whether it's my fault or not my fault. I, I, like, I don't take L's from allowing situations that 
cost me something, go for free. Like, like, I have to, I have to squeeze the juice out of every situation because there's something to learn. There's something to learn so you don't repeat the same thing next time. In every time, every situation that things go, go left field for you. So I look at life, I look back and I'm proud of every decision, <laughs> whether it was good or bad. Like I've been through stuff, but at the same time, it's only made me wiser. So all these things now, I've cut conversations short in my life because maybe a 10 minute conversation that maybe a conversation that could have been had in three minutes, I'll have it in 10 minutes before because I entertain things that I don't have to necessarily entertain, but I want to be a good guy. Now I'm so firm in my understanding and my belief that my yes is my yes and my no is my no. I don't, I can't be persuaded or, you know, danced into doing what I don't believe in. Nah. So besides the you incident know, so. with the, like you said, you were sued, was there anything else that happened to make you um, get to this point where your yes is yes and no is no? Is there something you read? Is there anything you came across? Um, like, how did you even, and it's one thing to experience something and learn from it. It's another thing to apply it. And sometimes we don't even know how to create boundaries properly right. around ourselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. how did you even get to this point where you're able to advocate for yourself, essentially? I think the key thing is self-love. When you start to cherish your energy and you start to cherish yourself and your peace of mind, you start to protect yourself. And that's when your yes becomes yes and your no becomes no. Because before, you're trying to be the nice guy. You're trying to appease everybody. You're trying to not hurt feelings. You're trying to not disappoint people. You're trying to not... So basically, you're, you're inconveniencing yourself at every point just to please other people. For what? Like, I believe in authenticity. So I believe in, if I told you no right now to this podcast, you're not going to feel somehow about it. You're going to be like, okay, cool, maybe you didn't have time. You're not going to hold it against me. You get what I'm saying? So in the past, even if I couldn't do this this week, I'll inconvenience myself. I'd probably try to fit this in by ruining something else that I could do right just because I didn't want to disappoint you. However, right now, if I can, I'll tell you no. And I wouldn't tell you no because I'm trying to be arrogant. I'll tell you no because it doesn't work right now. And I believe that in as much as you expect me to oblige, you also should leave, leave room for it to be possible in my, my, my uh, space of time. You know what I mean? Okay. So okay. that kind of thing. Like I, I've just been able to make sure that I'm not taking an L on trying to be a people pleaser. You know? A people pleaser. You have to value yourself as well and, and your own time and what you're building. Oh, yeah. Um, and there has to be reciprocity with that. I understand what you mean. Yeah. Um, so when I was asking you earlier about, in, or talking about instincts earlier, so would you say that now you, do you trust your instincts? Do you Ooh. only do what uh, your gut tells you to do? Or are you someone who will sit there, research everything to banza, analyze yeah. everything, Call the committee of Camelot and say, oh yeah, you know, Lancelot, what do you think we should do about this on the round table? Or do you need unequivocal evidence that this is exactly what you need to do yet? Do you second guess every single move? No, you know what's funny? I'm not a skeptic. I might not just entertain something because I know for a fact like this is trash. (laughs) You get what I'm saying? But I, I wouldn't be skeptical about, like for example, you know, you can embark on a journey where you are starting to read things that are 
unorthodox to your belief system, which shakes your cognitive dissonance, right? And then you start to second guess everything. So you, you turn on the news and everything they say, you feel like it's a lie. No, not that. I'm just saying like, I'm at the point where um, my gut feeling is how I recognize the voice of God. Sometimes it's not like miracles that must happen for God to reveal something to you or tell you something. It's just like when someone says something to you, you feel a certain way, you feel a certain light inside your your inner being. And then you know for a fact like, okay, this is this is it, or this is the right path, or this is the right decision, or no, not now, or this situation doesn't seem right, or hmm, this person's energy is off. You can always, the thing is this, our body never lies to us. In every situation we've been in this life. I don't know. I met some guys and my body was feeling very yes. See, and your my body, body was saying body, yes, and my mind was saying yes. <laughs> <laughs> your your body is made up of different areas and different uh, atoms and uh, components. So it might not be your fault. I was telling you. But seriously, there are times when I have made angels out of complete demons. Right. So I think it's it's very hard for me to imagine a world where all of us genuinely have that inner voice that says without a shadow of a doubt, this is what we should do because I, I'm always like, mm-hmm. am I sure? Because I've made, I've thought this was the right thing before and it wasn't, you know, I've made, I, I thought I should apply for that job before and it was the worst thing. I should have gone to that audition and I did and I got the job and I was, yeah, and it turned out to be the worst thing ever. You know what I mean? So right. I don't know. This, this, I'm very envious of this clarity of voice, I guess, that you have. And I, I need to know how you built that. I really want to build my own. Right. Okay. So <laughs> let, me, let me say something that I think is key, right? When it comes to gut feelings and decision-making and relying on hearing from God and God leading your, you know, your path and your, your direction, it's like I wrap my head around one simple fact so that way I'm never, ever disappointed or overly excited about something. I just live in the moment of the thing. And whatever reaction it gets out of me is what it gets out of me. So, for example, I have tattooed on my body that life is a marathon, right? And for every tattoo I put on my body, it comes from the depth of my my soul. Every tattoo on my body means something that is so dear to me. That's why it's there. So I put that on my body last year because last year I realized that never think at any moment that this is it because there's always more. Right? <laughs> so never think, oh, I'm rich. I've made it. Life is sorted because you're going to go through a whirlwind of, 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 of different episodes in life, whether you have money or not. Uh, it's, it's like finishing secondary school. You think like, man, I'm a big boy. Enter university. Oh, I'm a big boy. Enter the world. Oh my God, I want to go back to being a child because the real world is scary. It's a marathon. We're just going through different phases, different seasons, different terrains, back to back till we leave this place. So I look at life and I look at the, the journey of trusting God as a journey. It's an adventure. And it's not always promised to give you the results you want. So, for example, if I wanted a job and I felt like, yeah, let me go for this interview, I'm going to get it, and I don't get it, there's something to learn from that failure or that rejection. There's something to learn that maybe I should stop trying to 
you know, push my, my, my keys in the same lock. I should try something else. So there's always, there's always a lesson God has hidden in everything that is termed, you know, a failure for us. We just have to have the right mindset to be able to scavenge and look beyond all the dirt and find the message. And that's how I think about life. That's my outlook in every situation. Like if something negative happens to me right now, in the moment, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to react like a human being because I'm human. But the moment that goes, that phase passes 20, 30 minutes to an hour, two hours, I'm now over my feelings. And then I can now start to think myself into reality. I'm back to a solution. So once my human side reacts to a situation, I then kick in my brain. And once my brain starts to think, I start to move forward because I stop looking at the situation. I start to look for the solution. So it's all about the mindset. And the mindset is the reason why it's man-like. Because being a man, I don't believe is about age. I've met a lot of older guys who are still kids. Being a man is about your mindset. It's about how much you grow in the brain, not necessarily in the bank or by your age. It's all about what's in your head. How do you look at life? How do you approach life? And how do you solve problems in life? That's what makes you a man. So um, I'm just positioned to look at life as a journey. So that way, I'm never really surprised what comes because I, I expect the unknown and I understand that it's part of the journey. So that's how I'm able to, to remain in that frame of mind. This is a quick shout out to Fei Fei of 808XTRA for editing this episode and cleaning up my audio as much as humanly possible. See this thing you're managing right now that you're like, ah, Oreka, I didn't try. And because of Rona and your laptop, this audio is sounding a bit girl. She cleaned this up. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears went into it, mostly Fei Fei's. And I'm very, very grateful. So if you have a podcast or are planning to, but don't know where to start, give 808XTRA a bell and find out today how they can help you take care of all your pre and post production needs. They do fancy radio jingles, radio dramas, and provide support for audiobooks as well. If you want to get in touch, again, it is a Fei Fei of 808XTRA. Her website is IamTheFeiFei.com. That's I for Indigo, A-M for Mother, T-H-E-F-A-Y-F-A-Y.com. Once you're on that page, just click on the tab that highlights 808XTRA. You'll see all the work they've done before and how to get in touch with them. And um, they will be able to do whatever you need with your audio stuff. Let them know Orca Goddess sent you. Um, okay, so you have had a very, very interesting career, to say the least. You have had chart-topping hits in terms of music. You right. have toured the world. You know, you have signed some big brands that people didn't even know was possible. Um, you have signed some, some big checks. You know, cash some checks that some people are just like man if i can just have an eighth of that i'm set Ooh. for life and <laughs> with i feel like some people they go through a, every decade they reinvent themselves in some way right those that want to anyway some never really change but some you know look into their lives and think i want to be somebody else right with you i feel like you've almost done that maybe every year or every two years <laughs> and it makes me wonder is it did you at any point stop 
being in love with what you were doing at that time. Right. And because of that, you're like, nope, I'm breaking up with this and I'm doing this instead, or I'm pivoting from this and I'm doing that instead. And if that's the case, what made you fall out of love with these things? It could be music and I might be wrong, but you no, know, whatever it is, have you ever fallen out of love with different aspects of your career? Um, why? How did you get over it? And, and what are you doing now to fall back in love, if at all? So for me, I, I love the question because it actually did happen just like that. So in 2013, I had one of the biggest songs in the country, Fine Lady, at the time. I was on tour in London. Actually, I was on tour in the UK because we did about nine different uh, cities in the UK. And um, I'm sitting in, in, in my house in London after the tour with a bag of, of cash and, you know, a, a crazy amount of experiences. However, I'm thinking to myself, like, this ain't neat, Chief. Like, <laughs> this, is not, this is not the all in all of what I thought this could be. Like, like dog, I have a smash record, right? I'm doing shows every other day. Every weekend I'm somewhere doing a show. And... I'm sitting down on this dining table thinking about life, like, but, but what next? Like this, I can't keep doing this for the next, at this point, I'm five years into my career. So I'm like, I can't keep doing this thing for the next five years. Like it's, this can't just be the routine because this doesn't satisfy me any greater than I have been satisfied. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm somebody that I'm so driven with ambition to just create. So, at that point, I thought to myself, like, okay, cool. First things first, I need a house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, man, my, my real life needs a house. I'm sick and tired of paying rent to people. It's time for me to own. So that came into the forefront of my priorities. And I, I own my label with my partner, Icon. So I have to fund everything out of pocket. There's, there was nobody funding me. You know, so... I had to kind of make a decision on where to place my money and decide to start saving to be able to put a roof over my head so that I know like every year. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. I yeah. just wanted to give context to what you're saying to, to anyone who's listening who doesn't understand what you mean by funding yourself and, and having to make the, the difficult decision of what to right. do with your money going forward. Right. Um, as a musician in Nigeria, you're paying for your own music video. That can yep. cost you minimum of $10,000, regardless of what the foreign exchange is saying. Minimum, yep. right? Yep. Um, you're paying for wardrobe. You're doing events. You're doing shows. Sometimes you're negotiating deals to travel to certain places to do shows in mm -hmm. good faith. They might pay you half money up front. Um, I'm just really trying to give more context to that. Is there anything right. else that I'm missing where... It's, it is, as much as you're earning, it's also very labor-intensive. Yeah, and if you now have other people signed... Uh -huh. So basically, everything in music is not really about your talent. The, see, getting the product is 30% of the work. Have it, recording a hit song, 30% of the job. Success of that record, 70%. You have to put in... Capital. Capital and sweat equity. You know, mm -hmm. and... You can do all three right and still fail. It's just how music is. If people just don't rock with it, they just don't rock with it. Period. It could just be the timing. It could be. It could be anything. It could be the the the, the visual didn't suit what they heard in the air. Anything could just like you know take music off in people's ears. So 
<clears throat> I'm funding myself. Whatever I make, I put back into my brand. I put back into taking things to a bigger level. I put back into getting better. And you had other artists signed on to your label as well? Yeah, we did. So you're not just funding yourself. You're funding these artists and pushing their careers and their albums and, and as well. Yeah, but not pushing their careers was not just solely my responsibility. You know, so okay. that was that was a little more cushion because to be honest, like everyone on Sinker Records, I'm not even gonna lie, brought cash to the table for their stuff. They were like no one was sitting around waiting for the next person to do anything. That's what I loved about my brothers, is like everyone is proactive because they know what it takes. Like we're not like I said, we're not funded. This is this is a label that we started from zero. You know what I mean? So we started building the, the finances of, of, of Syndicate Records from Change Your Parade era. So it was everything we were making, we had to put, you know, get more equipment into the studio, uh, you know, take care of our, our lives, pay for more music, production, mixing, mastering videos, wardrobe, traveling, all these things, promotion, not easy. So anyway, um, I had to sacrifice. And then you decided you wanted to buy a house. Where? Here, yeah. England, States, South Africa, where? Or just Nigeria. all of the above? <laughs> Nigeria. Okay. But just Nigeria, like, have Amen. a home, you know? So that was, that was mm. one of the things that I was like, okay, you know what? Let me, let me take a break from music. It was, it was a crazy decision. However, it was a gut decision. I trusted what I felt. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I'm, a, I'm literally at my peak. Biggest song in the country is a wedding song. Boom. I fade. I take the I take my foot off the gas and then I start trying to, you know, take care of my man like <laughs> life. You know what I mean? Like yeah. go home, make sure that I'm in a position to to own certain things and not to be under pressure when when because music is not gonna sell forever and I'm not gonna be young forever. I so all these things are things that cross my mind so that I start preparing myself for the future. Because it's so easy to get lost in the sauce with success and a hit record and constant shows, constant money coming in. Because the thing is, if you don't snap into this this mindset intentionally, it's just going to be, you make 3M for one show, you just put it down on some new shoes, so maybe a new watch. You know, you're, you're thinking to yourself, next weekend is another 3M, so I, I can afford to get these things down. And then it becomes a cycle. And then Corona happens and all shows are, are canceled for three months. Exactly. Bro, we're going into zero shows this year at this point, you know? So it's like I had to start looking into my bucket list of things I want to achieve and say, okay, you know what? what let's, let's start investing in this and that so I can diversify my income. I love music. That never changed. I never stopped recording. I had a studio in my crib. Producers used to come through, work, work, work. I have like three, three albums on my phone. It's just, it's just the promotion and the, the getting back out to pushing music that has been stalling because of all the other things I'm trying to do. So um, I put in some investments in my media company. Uh, I create digital. I also uh, floated a vape company called Vape Nation. Um, and now I have a, a multimedia agency called Man Like Visuals where we do photogra- uh, photography and videography. So it's all still in the ballpark of creativity and just, you know, mm-hmm. creating. However, it's like these are things and skill sets and passion and talents that I've had for like the last 15 years. 
that I put on the back burner because of music. You know what I mean? But when I'm thinking about the future and I'm thinking about family and I'm thinking about kids, I have to start creating the things that my kids can inherit, that I can pass on to them, that I can bring them on board to, to manage. And, you know, these are all the things that I envision for the future that I want. I want to be a partner with my children. I don't want to be a dad sonning my children. You feel me? Because I'm taking from my upbringing and my generation and what I was exposed to in school, which never was useful to my life after school. And I'm realizing that I want to train my kids to be self-sufficient from a young age by having skills. You know what I mean? And it's always in all of us. It's just to point it out, identify it, and nurture it. So these are the things that have been on my mind for the longest. And that's the reason why I've made the decisions I've made over the last maybe five, six years of my career. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it off. <laughs> so, you know. No, it, it looks like it. We're going to get into the business of things um, in a second, but I want to take your cue with something you said and segue into a question I had about okay. um, being pushed. And the kind of conversations you want to have with your kids right. because you want to be able to push them in the right direction, but at least have the table for discussion open so they can come to you and talk to you about certain things. And I'm wondering how much of a push did you get from your mom uh, or, or your dad or both of them um, in terms of your career and all the decisions you've made in terms of from when you were in KC and right. you're a conscious young man right. to now. So everything from, you know what, I want to do science, not arts. Right, school, right, right, right. I want to study for <laughs> the math, not architecture oh in university, God. or, you know, I'm now doing music, but no, I want to do Nollywood instead. No, I want to become an engineer instead as an adult, you know, whatever it is. Like, how much of a push did they, or push back even, did you get from either of them? Um, to be honest, man, like my parents, I have to say, like, they're so amazing. The reason I'm saying this is because, like, I always tell people about how I was raised, right? I was raised with, very strict rules and freedom at the same time. So what, what did your dad do? Is your dad still working or is he retired? My dad's retired. My dad's retired. Okay. What was he, what was his um, job? His so my dad, my dad was deputy governor of Bendel state, um, was also the MD of Afri bank. And, um, what, what was his position? Security and exchange commission as well. So like my dad has been in, in government and in the, in the, in the business uh, banking sector for a while. My mom used to work at ECOWAS, but she's retired as well. You okay. know. So, so you have a mom who I think ECOWAS, would it be fair to say it was more governance she focused on or was it something else? Mm, it was, it was, it was international relations. Like that's what ECOWAS is, you know, all around okay. Africa. So I think, mm, Pretty, it's not really government, but it's, it's, it can be classified. No, I said governance. But yeah, government. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. But yeah, I was raised, I was raised with very strict rules. Like we knew what we couldn't do at home. We knew where we couldn't go. We like, they defined, they set the foundation of Nalai this is not going to do for this house. However. <laughs> <laughs> and how many times did you wait for them to sleep just so you could break the rule? I won't forget that thing. I, I collected brushing all my growing up, man. Forget my, <laughs> my partner said he brushed me well. But last, last, everything that jigging because to this day, like all the brushing 
made sense when I think about it now. It entered. Yeah, it right. made sense. So I'm not even mad at it. I'm happy. Because, like I said, I don't, I don't want to take anything out of my story. It all adds up. Mm. So, um, yeah, I was raised with freedom and very strict rules. So, you know, being a guy and being the only guy in the house, like I'll be, I'll just be exploring things. Like maybe they'll buy me one footballer, like one tiny rat. And they'll tell me, don't play the ball here. I'll say, okay. And that's the only place I want to go and play ball. Then maybe I'll not break flower vase or flower pot or glass. Or, you know what I'm saying? You're not flogging for breaking and not obeying, you know, those kind of things. However, like <clears throat> my parents were so encouraging because my mom knew uh, I had liked music and I always kind of rapped or wanted to do music from a young age because like I was always playing loud music in my room and they were always telling me to turn it down. Also, like I remember going to the studio in 97 and I told my mom about it. So she had known from that time, like, okay, this is something I'm interested in. And she's never talked me out of it. She never, like, at that point, like, I, I even going to a studio, studios were like a dime a dozen in, in Lagos. So it wasn't like a now where there's studio everywhere. You know what I mean? So back then, 97, like, I'm thinking, if my mom really wants to sew into this dream I have, what can she really do? Nothing. Because there's no template for what to do. You know what I mean? However, she never discouraged me, so that was perfect. Now, my dad never knew about my music career up until I was about to sign my Pepsi deal and I was a year into my career. So, me and him had a man-to-man conversation and he, he just bummed at the fact, like, why didn't you yell me from jump? And I told him, I'm like, look, like, I'm not going to come and sound like a clown that I want to do music. So let me go out there and make something of myself. And when I feel like I have something that represents my vision, then we can have the conversation. And right now is the perfect time because here's this deal I have. Here's an album ready to be released. Here's videos that I've released already. So it looked like, oh, wow, you're already doing it. So cool. I support what you're doing. You know, so. Do you still have conversations like that with your parents where you. You build essentially the empire you want, almost like, you know, normally when, um, I guess when you're a producer for film or whatever, you sort of go and do a pilot shoot for a TV series and then you go show your investors, okay, cool, this is what you can look like. Now give us right. all your money. Exactly. So you do, not because you ask your parents for money, but for them to buy into the vision, you want them to see it because it's so creative. You want to show them that, look, I don't want you to yeah. worry, but this is what it's going to look like. And I've already yeah. done it. So just bless me. Let's keep it moving. Exactly. That happened with okay. with my dad with music because I felt like I had to show him something to prove it to him. Um, but like when you say if do I still have those conversations, I do because my dad and I he always asked me like, okay, so are you going to release new music? Are you gonna? Are you gonna? Are you gonna? Are you gonna? And I keep trying to explain to him like, bro, I have so much. Like I even born for dicks. If you need it on dicks, I'll give you the dicks so that I can be playing the latest jams. However, that like right now, however, like right now, where I'm at, where my goals are at, I'm trying to build my creative agency to a certain level. That requires all my attention because, in as much, I'm not somebody that just has a business idea and hires professionals that know what to do. I have to know how to do everything before I hire somebody because. You wouldn't be the identity of my business because then you become, 
you, you, you become somebody who, if tomorrow you screw up, I can't fire you because the quality of my company is reliant on you. But when you learn the skill and then train your people to do it how you want it, the identity of that corporation remains with you, irrespective of who comes in and who goes out the door. So I've spent all the time everyone's been asking where it's links, sharpening my skills in all different areas, bro, from photography to shooting videos to editing to mixing to production. I went to school in South Africa 2018 for production of music. So, mm. you know, um, designing, building websites, apps, I can do everything by myself. So in my company, whoever I hire is not the asset because you can be fired if you are not living up to what you're supposed to be living up to or if you're on some other stuff. So that way, I can guarantee my clients the same quality irrespective of who my designers are. You get what I mean? And this takes time. Mm -hmm. So in building, in, in first of all, training myself, sharpening skills I already had, going to school in South Africa for a while, this takes time. And at the same time, you know, you're having conversations with like, okay, so what is, what's, what are you doing now? But like, because it's no more releasing single and being on TV every day, it's like, are you waiting for bank statement to know that this is working? Or are you waiting for it to be talked about in the press to know that it's working? Or do you just believe in the, in the journey of what I'm trying to do? Which one? Right. Because I wanted, I was wondering as well, that what, what do you define success to be? When do, you, when do you know that this is working or this item is successful or I am successful? How do you measure that even? Um, okay, here's the thing. I am a very successful musician. You know why? Because by my standards of what my dream was, I surpassed it with flying colors. Where I had reached in my first year of being an artist was beyond what my mind conceived the experience would be. I never knew that in a year of getting on, I'd be signed to international <laughs> company like Pepsi. At the time, with people like Messi, Nicki Minaj, like it was crazy. As the first Nigerian to ever do this in history, I've gone down in history. I'm the first Nigerian to decide to Pepsi. Is there, you know? So, do I now want to measure success by another man or by what what makes me content and what makes me fulfilled? People measure success by other people when they don't know their own goals. I measure success by what I wanted to achieve and how it, I executed and the returns that came from it. So, in every Thing I set out to do, I don't fail because I won't stop till I realize the dream I have in my head. You know what I mean? I haven't been on the music scene actively, say, like five years. So would I measure my success with Burner Boy or David or Whiskey who have been on the scene since I got off? No. Because it's like trying to measure your investments with somebody who invested in certain stocks that you didn't you're not going to get any dividends because you didn't invest it. So I look at success as I, as a human being, had a goal. Did I achieve the goal? Yes. To what length? How far did we take it beyond the goal that we set? That's, what, that's how I'm, you know, I measure success. But I guess different individuals would de define success to them in a very different way. If I were 
Thank you for listening to the Unsolid podcast, where every week we have conversations like this. They actually put me off eating chips because they would drown it in vinegar. And yeah, what it is smelled that? nasty. I hated it. What is that? No, Just put salt on it, salt and ketchup, and you're good. And that's it. Do you want to mix it up even more? Burger like sauce. You know what I mean? Fancy at the end. Um, yeah. Hold on, you say you put black pepper on your chips? Just a sprinkle? Yes. Girl, I have never heard of that. To find and share previous episodes, please go to linktr.ee forward slash O-R-E-K-A-G-O-D-I-S. That's link tree forward slash Oreca Goddess. So man like links. Because, um, for example, I wanted to ask you if there are things you, you do now, if you're being honest with yourself, really. Yeah. Are there things you're doing right now in life mm-hmm. that you're doing because nobody believed in you or nobody pushed you? So almost like, hey, I'll show you. Um, you're pushing yourself to do it. Yeah. I think you know how some people will be like, Oh, I, when I was in primary school, my teacher told me I can't draw, and yeah, I didn't I know, know it stayed with me, but it did. And then when I was like 40, working for KPMG, I woke up one day, I was like, You know what? That teacher, I'm going to show them I can draw. So the teacher is dead, doesn't know you exist, but yeah, you wake up and there now, you go. Here's the thing with me, right? I think if there was any time in my life where I proved people wrong, it is when I became links, 2009, 2010. Because in uni, I used to rap in my room and all my guys used to laugh because they thought I was just catching one stupid dead dream cruise by myself. <laughs> As forward to how many, like, how many, you know, years after uni, you come to Nigeria and you see me on a billboard and I'm on stage at all the shows you go to and I'm that guy. <laughs> Not just on stage, they're, they're paying good money exactly. <laughs> to come and watch you. So now, you know. a lot of guys who used to call me, you know, uh, Chuki. Now call me boss. Uh, gee, how far now? You know, all those, the way they address you changes because of the level of success you attain and the perception they have. So I feel like just, you know, God blessing my dream, you know, answered a lot of naysayers. So, and, and the funny thing is like, I never even did that because I wanted to prove anything. I just love music. And this is something I've always wanted to do. So I went for it. You know, I had a studio. I could record music for free. It's like, you know what I mean? Just shut my shot, man. So where I'm at in life right now, honestly, no one can make me do anything that I haven't decided to do. And it's it's not a cocky statement. It's just a statement from knowing what's worth your energy and what's really not. Like I try to tell people, please look at your energy like your phone battery or look at your energy like your wallet you know what, let's do wallets because when you know how much is in your wallet, you will be very cautious how you're spending. You won't just be blowing it like it's in a card. You blow it because you can see the money, right? That's how I look at my energy, which is my time and my efforts towards something, right? So can I add, can I add a question to that? Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Like I hear what you're saying, but I'm also thinking about people who say things like you have to live every day. Like it's your last. And so for them, when they burn through their energy, like it's not the last, like it is the last note in their wallet, they're doing it because I could be dead tomorrow. You know, so, okay. so where do you stand or what, how I, do you balance I feel, that? I feel like that statement, you know, there are a lot of statements that we all repeat and say, but what's the origin? You know what I mean? Like I could say something right now that sounds smart on this podcast, 
and it becomes a thing for generations, but it could be absolute garbage. So <laughs> the truth is like when people say YOLO and live every day like, like it's your last, right? I interpret it differently because that's reckless. If you're trying to say, you know, don't care, don't overcalculate, just go. It's reckless because what if you, that day you thought was your last and you lived it anyhow, right? It has a repercussion and you live an extra 70 years with that re- repercussion. Then you're stuck with it. So I'm always pro wise decisions over smart sayings. And like when I think about sayings like that or statements like that, I break it down to say, okay, what kind of people really want to do this and why? Because when you live, when you, when you live in purpose, when you are at peace with yourself, when you found yourself, when you know God and you have a great relationship with God, every day is almost like heaven. Irrespective of what's going on around you in your external, your internal is always like heaven because you are at peace. The peace is not normal peace that determines whether your AC is cold or whether you have eaten. It is peace that, you know that, there might be fire burning outside, but right now, Sha, my inside is cool, meaning I am at peace. Irrespective of my heart being, my heart's beating fast right now because I'm scared of something physically. My soul is calm. You start to control yourself and you start to control things around you. So why would I want to live YOLO when I can control the course of my day by recognizing what is worth it and what is not worth it? You get what I'm saying? Because when we tap into that statement again, I look back on my entire last 10 years. I lived like that almost every day, not intentionally, but my, my life was full of, it was a rock star living, rock star lifestyle. You understand? So <laughs> when you, when you come from that, Sorry. like, uh, uh, uh. I, you can't, you can't say something like that and expect me to just let you move on. When you say rock star lifestyle, how mm-hmm. bad was this rock star? Like, are we talking drugs, women, no. men, no. Okay. Uh, so now, when burning, I say rock star, false gods I- and effigies, like defiant. <laughs> When I say rockstar lifestyle, right, I'm talking about access and things that you just get off the merit of being who you are, just off the merit of your presence or your name. So I get paid to go to clubs. Years before that, I used to pay to enter clubs. So now I'm getting paid to come to a place to drink for free and to be entertained for free. That's rockstar living. Not just home and just not just but abroad. Did you at any point get addicted to, to any part of that, whether it's the, the good things you got from it, like, you know, getting invited to places and being paid to be there? Or did you get addicted to, I don't know, the attention that you would get? Um, are you still addicted to any of that even? Okay, so I say this also in the most humblest way, right? But I've always been the guy amongst guys. Does that make sense? Like, secondary school, my name was a name. <laughs> I knew babes. My name was buzzing in babe schools. It was I was I was never kind of the background guy. So for me, being uh, an artist and getting the attention I got, it was it was. I mean, it's shocking that people know you. Like you go to the randomest place and people come to meet you. Like that's to this day, it doesn't get old. It's still like wow. 
Because if you're true to yourself, you realize that it's a blessing. You don't take it for granted and feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm the shit. I own this. It's a blessing, man, you know, to actually be recognized. So um, that is still something that feels good every time it happens. Like, it's just a reminder, like, man, you couldn't work, you know. But, like, I never let I never let anything get to me. Because, like I said, I'm so goal-driven and vision-driven that I get bored of things quick if they're not really of substance. So, like, I quit drinking, like, 2014 in the peak of things, you know. Was that because you woke up one day and realized you're addicted to alcohol and you're starting no. to have a problem? Or I didn't even another drink. level of control? <laughs> I didn't used to drink that much. I was doing a fitness challenge and I thought to myself, like, mm, I've given up rice, bread, all these things. Let me just give up alcohol, too, for the period. So it was supposed to be 60 days. And then I extended it to 90 days and I just extended after that. I just felt like, man, I've mastered myself without it. I saved my money. <laughs> so let's journey without this stuff. And, you know, like years went by, I never bowed to pressure or whatever. So like, you know, it's, it's, I feel like overall, like I've always just accepted what came, made the most of it, but never really like, digested it to the point where it starts to control me or like become uh, the reason why I'm doing certain things I'm saying way or whatever. Like, nah. I always try to control things so that they don't, you know, overpower me. Yeah. Why is control so important to you? Why is being in control so important to you? And does that affect the kind of relationships we have with other people, whether it's on a personal or business level? Um thing is i'm not a control freak and i don't think i'm not i'm not even talking about like physical control i'm talking about self mastery that's the kind of control i'm talking about because you see until you master yourself you misuse your free will and if you look at life and most of the, the negatives in our lives some of them are caused by misuse of free will bad decision so why would anyone want to keep on making bad decisions when you have the option to master yourself so you can make better decisions? You know, like I said, we're programmed. From the moment we came into this world, it's been programming. You go to school, they tell you what to believe. You believe it, you become a man, still stuck with that belief system. So it's like, who really sets you free in this life? It's you. You have to, you have to decide to unplug, educate yourself, and decide to think for yourself and believe in what you want to believe in because it makes sense to you, not because they told you to believe in it. Look at racism. Look at what's going on in the world today. Look at America. If you pull all these guys doing all these hate crimes and ask them, black and white, why do you hate the black man? You realize that everything they say is from programming. It's not from personal experience. It's not from a choice they made because they wanted to be a racist. It's all programming. You've been told certain things about a certain group of people, and that's it. You hate them. Boom. They're your enemy. So that's what I'm saying. If more people in the world could master themselves, we won't have half the BS we have today. And that is the problem <laughs> with humanity. Everyone is just allowing the wind to blow them in different directions. Some people have to stand firm and not allow that happen. I happen to be one of those people who have evolved into that person, you know, because 
trust me, like even in this COVID times, it's revealed so much. There is so much, there's an overload of information in the world. There's so much less understanding of this information. But guess what? That overload of information gets passed around left, right, center with no understanding. So how, how much longer do we want us humans to continue to live in this very neither here nor there way, programmed way? You know, we have to wake up at some point. So that's, that's the control I'm talking about. It's mastering yourself. Um, there's, a, there's something you said earlier, actually, about the, what's going on in America and how much of it is down to programming. There's a former neo-Nazi guy I was listening to on this podcast. I think it was uh, Jordan Harbinger's show. And this guy basically was a former neo-Nazi, spent mm-hmm. years just in the most violent of ways, just threatening entire neighborhoods and teaching people certain things. And he lit- And this guy taught people and terrorized people based on what he was taught and how he was embraced by the neo-Nazis that he followed. And at some point he started to believe what they believed, even though his own belief system as he was raised, um, wasn't even, that wasn't his foundation to even start out with. Um, His brother died as a result. So many horrible things happened. And and now he's actually going around teaching people and trying to reform from a real neo-Nazis like him and bring them out and be like, you know what, being a skinhead or whatever it is, it's, it's, it's not the way forward. It's not, it's so the nature definitely, that whole nature nurture argument, it's, mm-hmm. it's so valid, man. It's so yeah. valid. And, and through this interview or conversation with you, it's, I'm hoping that people can understand we are, as human beings, mm-hmm. how we are raised, where we're born, who our parents are, might be the first basis we have as to understanding humanity. Exactly. Where we study how much money we make, what we do with our careers. Those are all things, like you said, that happen to you sometimes as mm-hmm. a person. But then what are you doing to yourself? Right. And that is when the more you start to master yourself, you, you start to find breakthroughs and define yourself by your own, by, by your own exactly. words, as it were, than, than just being you know, blown with the wind anyhow. Think so about no, I really it, like, appreciate. Think about it like even down to your name, <laughs> you are given. Do you get what I'm saying? So mm. at what point in life do you start to choose? You get what I'm saying? Because believe me, yeah, this sounds crazy, but there are a million people over 30 that have never chosen for themselves. Even 40s. Because they're still asleep. They're still following, you know, systems and instructions. And I'm not saying be a rebel. I'm saying read so that you can discover for yourself. You know what I mean? It's like Christianity. So many people know God because their pastors told them about God. How many people have had a quiet time, one time in their life, to, you know, read the Bible, meditate, and let God speak? Because believe me, God always wants to speak. It's just that, do we quiet ourselves enough to listen? So these are just all the things that I take more serious in life now because I believe I've played enough. I've had so much fun on this journey of, you know, life and stardom and being a celebrity or whatever they call it. It's like, I just want to experience life for me now. Whether I'm experiencing it as Tricky Adosian or Lynx, still the same person. So I just want to experience like the truth of what my journey has for me. Um, Whether I get back to the stage Whatever it is, I'm open to every different 
you know, variable because, like I said, I'm just here for the ride. I'm here to experience. I'm here to play my part. Um, you know, and I feel like it's it's the most fulfilling way to live. Contrasting my past to now, like I wouldn't trade this for anything. You know, sometimes it's nice to be aloof and just say have fun and not really be serious minded because this comes with a price. <laughs> it comes with a price. It's not as sweet as it sounds because you go through a lot of times where you're alone in your own head and you realize like the biggest problems we have in life happen in our own head. It never really happened externally. It's the fight within. So what kind of choices have you had to make um, so that you can afford the, the kind of life you have now? Okay. What kind of sacrifices have you had to make? Let me ask you this. How many people are willing to let go, drop, trash 30 years of your life, who you thought you were, your experiences, your belief system, the things you regarded as fun, your habits, probably bad ones, <laughs> you know, how many people are ready to drop this right now and start afresh, knowing that what's coming is greater than what you've experienced, even if you've experienced yeah. fun, fun in your own terms. But you know what I'm you, there's never any guarantee that what's coming up next is, is going to be amazing. Can I not just hold this bird in my hand and forget about the grass it. on the other side? That's the question. So I lost that. That was me. I gave up. Dog, I'm telling you, I was at the peak of my career, money coming in steady, everything jigging. I dropped that to preach and talk to people about God for the last five years of my life. <laughs> Do you grab? And when I say preach, I was not a pastor or none of that. I just decided to share what I found with the world. You know, and that has given life to other people in divine ways that I have no idea about. But my story has also unlocked other people's stories, which is the essence of why God saves us in the first place. So we then start to go out and save others. So how many people are ready to give that up? Because it's, it, comes with, it comes with a price. Because once you get on this new path, you go through fire. You go through pain. You go through difficulty to refine you, to burn off all the things that are not fit for the journey to reform your mindset, to give you new experiences so that that will be your power when you're sharing a testimony of what God has done for your life. How many people are ready? How do you know if what you're going through, let's say you're, you're going through the fire and the heartache of this new leap of faith you've made, how do you know that what you're doing is to brandish you and make you better or this is happening because, Omo, you are mad. <laughs> you are very stupid. Well, you shouldn't be here. You made this leap of faith. Nobody sent you. Come on, take this suffering. <laughs> how do you know? And how do you know when to walk yourself back to the safety of the life you had before? Um, I feel like when it comes to purpose, right, you instantly know in your spirit when it's God. You instantly like know. Again, you said that earlier, but some people don't have that faith. Some people don't have that God. Some people don't have that inner, inner voice telling them, saying, you know, son, you've Let got this. You. We've got this. Erica, everybody has it. God never made a human being that he didn't put his spirit in. If we, if we go all the way back to Genesis, 
after God created man from dust, the last thing he did was breathe his, his spirit, his breath into man. And that's what gave man life. So anyone that's breathing on this earth right now is walking around with the same spirit of God that everyone has. The only thing that limits you from hearing God's voice is your lifestyle and your choices. God lives in light. He doesn't live in darkness. So if you choose to live a life in darkness, how do you expect to hear God when you stray so much from the light? So it's, it's in all of us. But to, to access it, there are certain things you have to do. You have to wash yourself. You have to start afresh. Because think about it, like if my pops is come to visit me right now in my house, I'm not going to leave dirty, dirty all around the place. I'll tidy everywhere because guess what? That's my father. And he has to come into a clean house. It's the same thing with God. If we're inviting God into our lives, we got to clean up. So this is, it's, it's, God is so simple, but people complicate it. That's the issue. You know what I mean? So for me, I will use my experience as my lesson. And it's being able to say yes to the unknown because you trust who you are saying yes to enough to know that I've done this myself for X amount of years, decades. <laughs> and it looked like I won in certain areas, but I fumbled everything. When I look at everything wholesomely, I fumbled it. I didn't know where I was going, so I made a lot of mistakes. But if you are here to tell me, like, guy, I know the way, and just come and sit in the driving in, in the passenger seat and let me drive, I'm ready to go because I trust who I have given the keys to the car rather than me that was driving it before. You know what I mean? Okay, we're definitely at the point where I, I dare not ask any more questions, so <laughs> we'll have to invite you back <laughs> if, for the rest of the questions. Right. Um, but before you go, I'd like to ask you just three more things, and hopefully they're very quick. Yes, sir. The first one is, could you recommend uh, a book or two that yeah. you found have been life-changing for you? And if it's the last thing I read this year, you want me to make sure I pick it up. Okay. Um, I would say number one would be Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren, because I feel like that's the foundation of understanding the purpose. If, if there was any cheat code to, you know, understanding your purpose, it was, it's that book. It's a, it's a very well written, uh, guide that will not just open your eyes and your mind, but ignite your spirit, you know? So that's, that's a magical book, crazy book. And then another book that I read and I'm still reading, um, since I got saved is the art of simplicity. It's by Candy Paul. And what this book is, is it's a book that just shows you how simple life is, man. It just shows you how much complicated we make life and it shows you how to uncomplicate your life. So, you know, I find most answers that I pray about inside this book. And it's funny because every time I'm looking for something, like something, I'll go back and, read this book from the last chapter I stopped and that's where my answer would be. It's so weird. And that's been happening to me since 2015 with this book in particular. You know, so um, those two books I think are very um, essential for number one, shifting mindset and helping us like reposition our minds to see 
our lives in a more fruitful way. Like even when things are not going our way, we're still at peace to be able to, you know, steer it in the right direction when the time comes. So can you please tell me about the most embarrassing thing you can think of that's happened to you? But I don't want a sentence. I don't want the story. Just give me four words. Um, I almost, they don't have to be in the right order. Sorry? I almost fell on stage. That <laughs> I said I don't want the story. <laughs> I don't want the story. So you have to give me a different one now. <laughs> oh, wow. That's Just the- four words. So, for example, mine would be video, uh-huh. abelkuta, school, oh, door. This kind of vibes. Yeah. So just four words, or, and it has to do with the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you. And you don't have to give it to me in the right order either. So mumbo jumbo. Okay, and I can just so, decide what I think it means. <laughs> right. So it will go like this. Uh, stage. No, it has to be a different one because you've told us what it is now. <laughs> Yo, I'm trying to think of something else because that's at the forefront of my mind because that's it. That's the moment that I know that God saved my life because guys almost fell down for real, for real. No swag. I mean, if you're a musician, uh, a model, a theater performer, and you haven't dropped on stage, I mean, are you even even a pastor? Are you even are you even working at all? <laughs> <laughs> Anyone? It's like stages and platforms are created for one folk sole um sole purpose to remind us that we're all human, and yeah, we can fall. Okay. Uh, let me see. Um. Hmm. This is hard. This is so hard. Do you know why? Because that's the only experience I ever remember. <laughs> okay, so cook, money, house, Sophia. <laughs> Say what now? <laughs> yeah, cook, money, house, disappear. <laughs> it's starting to sound like an African magic story. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Thank you so much for your time, Links. It's yeah, been yeah. amazing. Good Thank you girl. very much for being patient and testing all of my, I think, uh, like, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. What's the best way to find you, to reach out to you? Are you hiring at all with any one of the many companies you have? Um, oh. Do you do things like work experience or webinars? Anything, basically, for people listening who might want to connect with right, you so, on a professional yeah. level? <clears throat> right now, you can check out my two companies um, online. That's... Um, I create media.com. So I C R E E eight media.com. That's my creative agency. And then you can also check out man like visuals.com, um, which is my photography and videography company. Um, also you can, you can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is I T S that's it's underscore links. L Y N X X X. Don't forget three X's. All right. And um, literally, like, I think my Instagram is, like, the center of everything about me and that I do. So uh, you can literally branch out to everything else from my Instagram. So I, think I can't believe the- you're saying that right now because, I mean, you have literally advised me yeah. that if this app, any app that is, dies tomorrow, what mm-hmm. becomes of you and the people that that's, that's why, that's why I have, your tribe? That's why I have websites. 
So the mm. thing is, Instagram, let, let's put it like this. Instagram is your billboard. And then mm. your website is your shop. So most people make Instagram their billboard and their shop, which is not bad. It works for a certain level of trading. But if you want to set yourself up as a brand that goes beyond just commodities, but positions yourself in people's minds, then you have to go further. So that's why I research, not even just me, but research in general has shown like, yes, Instagram is, is, is a pool of people. It's a pool of leads and, and prospects. However, where are you taking them to where you, when they follow you, where you, where did, you know what I'm saying? Like if they are following you, where are you leading them to? You can't follow me to my page and we just stay there. We have to go somewhere, man. Let's, let's go and have a party. You know? So you come to my page, you either get a link to my music, you either get a link to my photography, you either get a link to, you know, uh, my creative agency. You, you get a, you get an email address for my management if you want to talk business. So it's like, it's a hub, but I'm not relying on it for the long haul. Because already, as we can see, they're already starting to strip certain things that we like off Instagram. So it just goes to show like, yo, you're not in control of what this app is going to evolve into. So just use it while it lasts, but make sure you collect your data of your fan base or your customer base on your website. Key. All these free pearls you're just dropping. People, yeah, sign up to his webinar, follow him on Instagram so that you can know the next time he's doing on a session, man. you know? Believe Teach you how to make that. money. Believe that, but. He teaches people how to make money just from the comfort of their own home. For real, you actually do. So I, I believe in, that. I believe it. in one thing. I feel like the, the generation before us and the generation before that, basically any generation before our generation, right? Especially here in Nigeria at home, what they did wrong was they hoarded information. They didn't share information. And that has grown into the DNA and the fabric of Nigerians because you find something, you find one kunja, you chop it alone. Do you get what I'm saying? Meanwhile, in the West, they make information free so that more people get educated and more people are active and productive. That way, everyone gets rich because the country stays above a certain level. But when you're in a place where... When, when you're in a place where it's hide and seek for success, it's like, no, we're not, we're not grooming each other. We're not pointing to each other. We're not enabling the next generation. Just, we're just chopping for today. And that's, let's go back to live for today, like say tomorrow, no day. that's the same mentality. And that's not, that's not a mentality of faith because faith tells you that whether tomorrow, no day, mm, no yawa, because I know I'm in the clear. But when you're living, like, oh, they got to move this thing now because if you finish tomorrow, that's the problem with us here at home in Nigeria. We, we act like we can finish. God has created the world and created I know you can finish, though. You didn't know. My dear. If I cut um, soup, chop it, <laughs> while it's hot, but don't finish it too yeah, quickly. Because like, once it's done, God, it's done. <laughs> God has given us knowledge. It's free. You know what I'm saying? The ideas we capitalize yeah. on, it's free. He's not charging us for that bright idea to start a podcast. It's free. So why don't we share our knowledge? Why do we hoard? Do I think teaching one person how to design a website is going to stop me from eating? It's not. It's just going to enable another person to feed his own, his family and set up websites for other businesses. We can't be greedy and want everything. We got to let it go around. So this is, this is 
let me just make this last statement because I'm still going on, right? But here's the thing. This is exactly what I mean by unplugging from systems and taking control of your decisions, your mind, and your free will. This is it. Because we are just following systems, and that's the problem. You know, like out here, until people start to realize that, eh, let me enable and teach more people. Let me tell people more secrets about being successful. Why? It's going to get Nigeria to another level, not keep us where we've been. So if we really want to make progress as a whole and as a con- country, we all have to make sure that we're holding hands and we're going along. Until we have I'm unity. I'm going to say that. Until we I have mean, unity, we're not going anywhere. You know, I mean, I'm going to say that I wish that in my experience working in the media industry in Nigeria, I came across more people like you because... I ran into people who were hoarding information. I ran into people who I would ask them, how do I do this? How can you get that done? They're not even interested in the thing. So it's not like by them telling me, they would now not eat that day because I've taken food out of their mouth. They don't even want to do it or they don't even have the skill set for it. But they have the information. And yet they would cock block things at every single turn. Um, there are a handful of people like off the top of my head, Casey Ejelonu, who, in fact, that girl will just wake up one day and be like, you know what? I was thinking about X, Y, Z. Have you tried this? Right. You know, I just did a seminar about blah, 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 blah. I think you will like it. Go and give it a shot. But mm-hmm. like she would volunteer information without me even going to meet her. Yeah. But there were some others where you'd even get there and let's say an ad agency would say, oh, yeah, your colleague was here the other day and they said that in case you call. And she <laughs> shut you down. I'm like, but, but Why? That's just wow. Sir, it doesn't help anybody. Yeah. So let's be for let's let's be our brother's keeper, essentially, is what you're saying. Yeah, I feel and I really appreciate that. My name originally came from this exact thing we're talking about. My name is Lynx because I I, I was that guy, young guy that had the link to this down the third. So whatever information, whatever, you know, Timberland boots you needed, I could get them. If you needed it and one DVD back then, I could get it. Like, I was the plug for so many things. And that's where the name Lynx came from. You get what I'm saying? So I've never stopped sharing information because it's one of my joys in life. Like, I'm, I'm the guy that stays on the internet to discover things. I'm the guy that spends six hours watching YouTube every day, not entertaining myself. Because you have Hey Hoyle? <laughs> Still the internet for Hey Hoyle? Yeah, I just, I just like to discover and learn. So for me, I can't learn and discover all these things and keep them in my head to explode. I have to share them. So that's just how I look at life. Like, give freely, man. You'll come back in multiple folds. Like, there's abundance in this world. People don't understand. Think, let me, let me, ah, this, this podcast, I'm sorry if you're listening, but man, there's so much to share. We can't be bound by time. I'm sorry. Special episode. So basically, like, <laughs> like there's something that just came to my mind. Let me see if I can remember. Uh, talking about sharing. Ah, I think I lost it. Damn. Sorry. Comes back, I'll tell you. Okay. Back, tell you. you were talking about information and how you stay on the internet, just learning. Yeah. You know, you you want to keep learning, and when you find stuff, it's it, there was an analogy that came to my mind, and then it disappeared. That's the issue. Ah, it becomes my God. But yeah, man, it's 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 been an amazing conversation. Like I really love conversations that really like stimulate and bring out my core. 
I don't want to be here talking about fancy stuff or stuff that's irrelevant. I'm not trying to sell anybody anything. If you like my music, mm. support it. If you don't, thank you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't believe in going, like, pushing too hard to oversell stuff. It's just never been my peak, you know, so, yeah. yeah. Well, you're, you're definitely a people person. I mean, I've, I've seen you around uh, from friends, family, fans, in the marketplace, <laughs> universities, and the way people interact with you at every turn is always the same. You know, right. Even the ones that look at like, oh, that guy's a celebrity, or that guy's a guy whose album I bought, uh, or I played a single in parties, or whatever. Regardless right. how they met you or were introduced to you, the way they see you is always the same. And I think that's, that's right. always a sign of a really strong character. I mean, I try to, I try to sit there. be mm-hmm. real with people. You know, I try to, yeah. I try to be a hundred with people. If like, okay, so I'm, I'm layered. I won't lie. I have layers to me, right? When I meet people, I show you like 5%, but I'm not being fake. I'm just not being open at that point because I have to, you know, vet your energy, vet you. <laughs> make sure you're you're good to come in. You know what I mean? Mm. And I do that to kind of see how a person's true character is. Because you have to pay attention. You have to read energy. People don't understand we're spiritual beings. We're not physical beings. Mm. So a lot of people haven't tapped into their spiritual side. And it goes beyond just church and praying. You 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 get woken up for a reason so that you don't go to sleep again. So like that that uh, like if I'm if I'm having a business meeting, I'm reading your energy. I'm trying to see what you're not saying. You know what I mean? It's the same thing with human beings. Like just off general interaction with people. If you're actually conscious in the moment, you read things, you pay attention to things, and things will strike you. And that way, you're able to know people on a on a level even beyond what they they want to share with you. <laughs> you know, so I just I just try to be present in every moment, treat people with respect and make sure that at every moment I'm being authentic to what I believe and myself, you know, and there's people that don't like me down is black and white. So I think I forget, but they've never had one conversation with me, but guess what? I'm perfectly fine with that. You know what I mean? Because I'm not, I don't, I'm not out here to be liked. <laughs> if it'll be, I'm here to be myself and whoever gravitates towards me, gravitates towards me. Same thing with my social media. Like I'm not selling myself to have 10 million followers. Like, if, if if the followers I have right now are my tribe, they're enough for me because I'm not chasing the game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that way you're And free. I see how you engage with your followers. I see the conversations we have. I see how you uplift them. I see, right. you know, I read through your comments and <laughs> you're, you're telling them, asking them personal wild. questions that make them go and think about their life and their oh, yeah. business and stuff. Exactly. You know, so they're not just here to find out, okay, who slept with who and who hates whose fan or whatever yeah. it is. It's because it's, you can, you can get out anywhere. You can get anywhere. Man. That's definitely not even the vibe I'm on at all. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. social media is, is, is a blessing, but it can be very dangerous. So I try to not key into the negative side of it because you know, it, it, social media can change your life in one bad message, you know? So it's just like, I just try to utilize it for positivity, uplift people, share my, my thoughts whenever I feel like, and occasionally just, you know, entertain people or whatever it is. But, you know, I, I feel like there is more to the, the platform that we've been given as public figures, you know? 
I, I have like pictured what 20,000 people looks like. That's a full concert that we see on TV, say Beyonce, full arena, 20,000 people, fill up everywhere you're seeing phone lights. Imagine we get that on social media in seconds. That amount of people see what you post in seconds. You have access to 20,000 plus people in one click and you want to waste that opportunity. You have to leave impact where you go. So if all I'm doing is just trying to sell you my music, what impact am I going to leave on you? Like, why would you remember me when I'm not selling you music? But if I have contributed to your mindset and helping you get more focused, forever and a day, you will remember me because that's something that will never depart from you once you embark on that journey. So, like, what's the end goal of having an Instagram when it's all said and done? Like, how do you want to be remembered? Because the legacy that we're going we're gonna to be remembered by starts now. It starts with the impact we're making today. And my, my legacy is not going to be that I sang sweet songs. No, <laughs> that's not the goal I want for my own life. You know what I'm saying? I want to... be like, he came, he sang sweet songs, he left. <laughs> yeah, I want people to say, like, I, I, I am part of the reason why they got off certain things they were doing that was not good for them. And part of the reason why they decided to get serious and invest in, you know, their mental health and, and where they are in life and take, take charge of their life and change their story. That's the kind of impact I want to make. I don't really care for any frivolous, you know, uh, Come, come today, gone tomorrow type of, you know, oh, he did that. Nah, that's cool. But that's not the, the crown of the, the whole journey. It's just, it's, it's, it's a part of the experience on the journey, you know. So, yeah, man. That's how I see it. Thank you so much. And for everybody else who still has questions, please find the man on Instagram. And I, in fact, bombard him with, first of all, flowers, <laughs> think tongue. Sure. And, then, and then questions. So, excuse sir. How do I make this more? <laughs> yes, if you're struggling with anything, anything at all, your spirituality, finding God, finding yourself. I mean, he has, he is a man who has lived and is no. still living and isn't judgmental. So feel free to, I'm not saying slide into his DMs or just see, <laughs> find him on Instagram, send him a message, follow the people that he, he holds close and dear because they are a part of his community. And he says, you know, they, they help each other, they strengthen each other, and you can be a part of that community in your own way. Yeah. Thank you for letting us in. I have loved it. It's so wonderful, man. Trust me, I love this. <laughs> My mother told me that she would buy me a rubber dolly if I was good.